Welcome back to the Million Dollar Body Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Tim Rode. Tim, so great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. No, that was the name of your million dollar body. I like it. That's right. I just, I just think that if you want to have a million dollar business, if you want to have a million dollar family, then you have to be foundationally looking at your health from, a, from that perspective as well. That's why I talk so much about high performance nutrition because you know, if you're not treating your body like the Ferrari it is, if you're putting in all sorts of crummy fuel, you just, yeah, you're just not going to, you're not going to be able to live the life to your maximum capacity. And I know that's something that you're all about too. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your background, Tim? Yeah, sure. So first of all, I was holding up some pomegranate juice. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I love pomegranates and pomegranate juice. It just feels like high octane fuel. You know, when you drink it, you can almost feel it. Get that massive antioxidant boost. That stuff's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Use it by hand, though. I feel like I feel like you get more out of the pomegranate juice if you actually crush it into a glass with your own fist. True or false? Whoa! I've never <laughs> attempted said maneuver, and candidly, don't think I could. So, gotta work on that one. Uh, um, yeah. So, so my quick Reader's Digest story is: I was the kid in the back of your class throwing spit wads at you and looking out the window and doing anything but paying attention because I couldn't figure out why do I need to learn the periodic tables and, and uh, advanced calculus. Are you kidding me? So, so my, um, I had no use for any of that. So I was your C minus student, graduated high school, uh, never went to college and looked up. I'm 25. I'm a part-time grocery clerk with two small kids, not getting enough hours, literally having to go door to door selling painting addresses on people's curbs while Ed Kineski did the stencils um, so I could buy diapers for my two small children. And then I found my niche selling real estate. And I want to talk about the one life fulfillment triangle at some point, but I found my place where I fit. And, and so my income started really increasing. I'm making 100, 200, 300, 400 grand a year. But what I did different from most is I kept my expenses light. My expenses went 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand, 40 grand, not 100, 200, 300, 400, like some of you out there. And, mm -hmm. and that made all the difference in the world. One other great thing I did was I, I learned all I could about investing. If I wasn't interested in the periodic tables or advanced calculus, but but how to provide financial security and financial freedom for myself and family. Boy, that seemed to be really important. <laughs> totally. So just, I want to, I want to jump around just a little bit. You talked about starting off as a, like a grocery clerk and then selling, like painting people's addresses on the curb. And then going from that to finding your niche, which is one of the, one of the big tenants of one life fully lived. So one life fully lived is your organization. One life fully lived.org is the website with the number one, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So, and that was born out of after you had kind of gone through your real estate career, what, like where, where did that come from and what were the seeds that were planted and like, what is one life? It came from all the trials, tribulations and frustrations I had as a, as a teenager. My parents split up when I was 13 uh, I went from an A-B student to, boy, juvenile delinquent. Things were kind of crazy. It was the 70s. I'm in the Bay Area, um, you know, and I kind of lost sight of 
um, more, maybe your more traditional roots. And so I was really a lost soul. My mom had asked me, Timothy, where do you see yourself in five years? And mom, I don't, you know, I'm going to a party this weekend and I hope I have a good time. And I Monday, I don't know, you know? So, so then I realized, um, that just didn't serve me well. And I, I kind of struggled and, and, you know, had a tough time connecting the dots. So when I got to a place um, where I had all this time to think, I, I, I had um, more money coming in with passive income than what it cost me to live at 40. And there's a game called Robert, there's a game called Cashflow by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm. And it's all about turning your life's game board over. And I literally got to do that. So for the next 10 years, I was kind of a ski bum just trying to figure this all out of, you know, where am I going with all this and what's important? What will my legacy be? And it hit me of how fortunate I am to be living such a great life while I see so many struggle and the opioid crisis and then all the young people with debt and so many people not living their most fulfilling life. That's powerful, Tim. And yeah. I, I think that you're, well, you're definitely one of my financial mentors, someone I look up to in terms of what you've been able to accomplish and not only what you've been able to accomplish, but how you were able to go about it. And so I read a stat today, Tim, that said that of like in the US, which is the richest country in the world, ostensibly, 50% of people have $0 in net worth. And the, the bottom 50% of people in the US have a negative net worth. That's how that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and so I want to talk a little bit about what you were talking about with keeping your expenses low, because I think that that's such a overlooked principle in today's society of like this hustle and grind entrepreneurship mentality. I want to talk to you a little bit about how you were able to do that, what kind of what some of the principles that you used. And then I also want to talk a little bit about, um, you actually came out with a journal recently for like geared at young people to kind of help them get a financial education that maybe is missing from the school system. Right. So, so if we could, I'd kind of like to start with the journal and I'm going to do a quick advertisement for, for in a minute, but I want to give, give you a paint a picture of how you can help your kids. And if you're listening to this, whether you're 10, 20, 30, 40, or 50, um, uh, best avoid what Nate's talking about, where you find yourself you know, kind of um, handcuffed financial. Hundred percent. Okay? So, so maybe start us from the beginning. Like, what would you do? It's just like if you were starting, kind of raising your kids from the from the beginning again. How would you raise them up? How does this journal play a part? Okay. So, so I would help them find their most fulfilling life possible. Think about that. And and the way you do that is you help them develop where do their passions meet their talents where there's opportunity. Paint a picture of a triangle. Where do your passions meet your talents where there's opportunity in the marketplace? And that and the word fulfillment comes down. And that's the fulfillment triangle. You're in that space. Nate, imagine if you had to do bookkeeping all day. It's all you got to do is bookkeeping. Uh, Thank you. Chalkboard! <laughs> you know. I'm not waking up with any sort of like with any sort of excitement or like get ready to get out of bed with like a, with some passion. That's for sure. Right, right, right. So, so you and I, 
we operate every day in that one life fulfillment triangle. And, and, and you know, when you go back and you go and look at that study of all these people, I'll bet the 50% are, you know, not in that triangle. And by the way, a lot of the other 50% maybe make it, maybe doing okay financially, but, but there's, you know, pieces of that triangle missing in their lives. So, so think of that's the first thing you want to do is find out where do I fit? Where am I going to be happy? Where am I going to wake up every single day and think, and they pay me to do this? Are you kidding me? This is amazing. I mean, so that sounds amazing. Obviously it sounds great. You and I have both been very, very fortunate to have found those, those things that fit our skills, where there's opportunity, things that we love to do. How would, how would someone else go about finding those things out though? Because it does sound kind of like a unicorn, right? Yeah. Well, it, 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 there's a few things. Um, first of all, it starts with asking the tough questions inside yourself and get a pen out. And these are the things you want to help your kids discover and you want to help yourself discover is, is who in the heck am I? Um, do I like to do I like to be by myself or around others? Do I like to be indoors or outdoors? Do I want to think? Do I want to work with my hands? Do I like to talk? Go back to my wife does our books and it, and is really good at you know making forms and tinkering around the house you know diff, different things. Um, if I had to do our books, it, it would just be maddening. And if she was on this podcast. You know, um, it, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't fit for me, you know? So, so those are the, those are some of the questions, you know, just a few of the questions that start to lead yourself towards the bigger questions. And that's exactly what our One Life Roadmap Journal is all about, is, is asking these questions. And, and we have four basic areas that we, we look at in this journal. One of them is vision planning. Where in the heck am I going with this life? The second piece is relationships. Who's my closest five? Who's my posse that's going to be in this you know, vehicle with me on this journey through life? Number three is finances. How am I going to fund this magnificent future that, that I was blessed to be given? And four, um, how am I going to be healthy in my mind, body, and spirit? off this magnificent life wellness so it's so so the journal is broken down into four areas vision planning relationships finance and wellness and we help you we call it eating your broccoli and that's going inside and doing the hard work of figuring out who in the heck am i and where do i belong in this world so now think of that your kids who are 13 to 30 or maybe even you had a failure to launch and they're 42. Or maybe it's you and you're, you know, just kind of, you look up and you're 37 and you're not in that fulfillment triangle. And you think, you know what? I kind of did this wrong. I need to go back to square one, possibly. Um, then, then this One Life Roadmap Journal and our teachings at One Life Fully Lived are for you. If, if you want more out of your life and you're willing to do the hard work and Nate, if you're part of Nate's community, you know what hard work is because I've done band work with this dude. He crushed me. <laughs> I was, I was telling my wife today, I was like crawling the next two days and I'm in good shape. So, so anyway, um, yeah, if you're willing to do the hard inner work, 
then you can have a much more fulfilling life. So that's what it's all about. That's awesome. So I have two, two thoughts on that. Number one, um, I think that I'm no stranger to hard work, especially hard physical work. A lot of the people who are listening to this podcast right now are definitely prioritizing their exercise. Although I will say though, that it's not quite as easy as it sounds to eat your broccoli, like you say, and do that hard inner work. That's always been a struggle for me personally to dive deep and actually take the time to do the reflection, ask the hard questions. It's just much easier for me to like kind of act in the physical space, go out and do things without necessarily taking the time to to like come back and focus in on like what's important. And for me, a big thing about that has been having mentors and been having coaches who are holding me accountable to actually doing that work. Because if you tell them, he's like, hey, answer these questions and you don't do it, then you're accountable. So that's been something that's, that I've learned in the last couple of years. Yeah. The second question I had for you, Tim, was you had mentioned, you said kids 13 to 30. What age is like a great time to start? My, my little one is gonna be one in about two weeks mm-hmm. from today. Um, what's a, what's a good age to start working with your kids on some of these issues? Um, I want to talk about the coaches and mentors and I want to talk about the, you know, the hard charging, um, you know, do just got to get in and get stuff done. So I, I want to make sure we touch on that. I feel that that's, that, that, that speaks to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that, but let's start with the youngsters. Okay. At our conference, and I don't think we brought up the conference, um, we have our eighth annual One Life Fully Live conference this fall in Long Beach, California. Information at onelifefullylive.org. Nate is one of our 40 amazing presenters there from, you know, just, just. um, You got a stacked, stacked list of presenters. Nick is there. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jeff Hoffman, the founder of Priceline, Cody Sanchez, Rhonda Smith, Sean Douglas. Yeah. Oh. It's, yeah. It's, it's, and the thing is, they're not just speaking and leaving. Everybody hangs out all weekend. So you'll see the billionaire founder of Priceline on stage and be at lunch with them or in a breakout session listening to Lockhead or Nate, you know. So it's it's an amazing conference. So so and 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 the thing is we also have uh, for youngsters, we have babysitting for one year. Um and that by the by the uh go abundance uh fan abundance youngsters get making money doing babysitting things because um we have what's called the one life next gen for four to 14, where we're teaching them, where do you start with all this? And, and I don't know the exact breakdown, Nate, but I think it's like, you know, we have four to seven, seven to 10 and 11 to 14, all different uh, along these lines, four to seven. It's, it's just discovery. Those questions. I like to operate and just, just playing and seeing stuff and, and playing games to to start to uh, discover who in the heck you are, and just a touch of what a dream might look like, and then seven to nine starting to fill in. You know, what do I like to do that I might be able to make a living with? And then, especially the eleven to fourteens are learning from our ninja. You know, I'd say nine to eighteen year old. Abundance kids who have had shark tanks for four years now with multiple incomes, kids with 
15 years old with five income streams and <laughs> parents and kids at 25 bucks an hour to do what they're doing. They have real estate notes and they're, they're amazing kids. It's almost like a counterculture of can do. Mm, that's awesome. I wish I was 15 and had five income streams. If I could just go back real quick. Yeah. But I mean, I, so what you're saying essentially is that like, it's not really necessarily about how old they are, you know, four to seven, you're trying to think about like how you can implant and ask questions that are going to trigger the bigger thoughts a little older. That's when you start talking about diving into the more nitty gritty and what age is the journal going to be like a really ideal. The, the journal was made for the 15, 16, 17 year old, just getting out in the world. That's what okay, it was cool. Hey, can I say something um, backing up? I, I, um, my now 36-year-old kid coached him all the way through Little League. He was my star pitcher, you know, tremendous slugger. What great years. I have another boy, you know, uh, gosh, eight years later, and I think I get to do it all again. I'm going to be such a great dad. Um, I'm going to coach all over. And this kid is out in right field throwing dirt clods at the butterflies and I'd play catch with him and four throws into it. He's counting the stripes on the ball. Just not his thing. Two choices. Be that dad, you're going to learn ball, or you discover what he's into. And that kid's into writing code, um, um, taking engines apart through a thing called Gearhead Garage at nine and putting them back together. And and so, so we sent him to UC Berkeley Cyber Camp for four years. You know, and that, and and now Andy's twenty five and and runs his own high performance um, auto shop and is a, a semi pro drift car racer. You know, li living in his element, and Chris is doing his thing, and you know, it's just these are my you know my kids and my examples of seeing what this looks like on the back end of all this. If that makes yeah, interesting. I do think that there's like a tendency for a lot of us to, well, I can definitely see it myself, like thinking about the ways that I did not potentially succeed when I was young and wanted to put that on my kids. So it probably takes a little bit of removing your ego to be like, what are you into? What are your things? I get that you're a separate person and then helping them find that passion, find the opportunities and see where that, that leads. So that's really cool. Yeah, Nate, it's, it's about um, a parent living and curiosity and just observing their kids and kind of helping guide them based on what the, the evidence they're showing you of, of getting them to 18 uh, being happy, healthy, productive adults saying, fly, chickadee. And then, and then letting them discover and not, you know, there, it used to be helicopter parents hovering mm -hmm. around. Now they're called, uh, what is it? Snowplow parents clearing the way all the Lori. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. Back off. Let them live <laughs> their freaking life. Come on. Why, why penalty, you know? Why, why not give them, um, why not teach them your values and then just, just let them fly and soar and make their own mistakes and, and be there and say, I love you, and, but I believe in you. Go get them. I do like that. It kind of goes back to what you said about the counterculture of can do. Yeah. I really like how, you know, I mean, I think we just live in this age right now where everybody gets a participation trophy. Everyone is the best no matter what, you know, nothing's necessary. Like it's all about whatever you think is good. And so, yeah. And like, like you said, clearing the way for your 
your kids. And we saw this recently with that whole USC scandal and celebrity parents. I just thought it was normal for celebrity parents to pay bribes to people to get their kids into school. I was kind of not surprised at this at all. But either way, I really like what you're saying about living in curiosity rather than kind of imposing your will on on your kids. And I think that's not just for kids either. That's for spouses and friends and, and all the relationships that you have in your life. So, yeah. And, and candidly, it was challenging for me because, um, I've, I have a big personality and I cast it a big shadow and I want to make sure that all my kids, um, number one, no, I, I just, if you're happy, healthy and taking care of yourself, basically, uh, I consider you, um, very fulfilled. Some people would call it success, but to me, um, fulfillment is success with depth. <laughs> mm, that's good. I like that. Listen, to that. say that one again. Uh, to me, fulfillment is success with depth. And if you think of success, it's you know money and power and all the things that society says is success. And if you look at a lot of those people, they don't seem too happy. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it's. It's that's why this one life fulfillment triangle is so important at figuring out, you know, who in the heck am I and what does make me happy? And part of eating your broccoli is going, you know what, what bad habits or, or, or toxic people are around me that no longer serve me that I need to make some tough choices. Mm-hmm. I think Not that's easy. great. Not yeah. easy. Yeah. That's why it's eating your broccoli, which by the way, broccoli is delicious. If you cook it right, you do it in the oven, you bake it a little bit, salt and pepper, olive oil. It's great. Even the, even baby girl likes it. <laughs> but uh, I, I like what you said about um, taking a look at your habits and seeing exactly kind of what, what the habits you need to break to in order to move forward. Whatever, what happens do you need to change or friend groups you need to change to make a bigger impact in your life. And I like to take that kind of as like a thought experiment as like, okay, I'm in this pattern. I constantly do this thing. So whether that's like I start workouts and I stop them, I eat healthy, then I binge on the weekends. All right. Like five years from now, if I don't break this cycle, if I can't disrupt this pattern, what happens? Who does that impact? Who's like, who is impacted by this behavior besides myself? So I think that like, you know, and then on the flip side of that, completely contrary, if I do break that habit, if I do get rid of those toxic people in my life, then what happens? What does my life look like in five years? And I think that just imagining those things is a great place to start for someone who's like, man, where, like, where, how do I figure out what my passions are and where do I meet like that opportunity? So I'm going to take that out to the, it's like the, the nth degree, essentially see what your life could look like and what's stopping you from being there. Yeah. And Nate, I I can absolutely relate to this because one of the things that I changed was a two and a half pack a day smoking Wow. Um, from 14 to 35, I ate like crap and just really did did um, pretty much as as bad as I could treat my body. I did, and and uh, gosh, I quit smoking a week before my now 25 year old son came into this world. And I'm a you know I hate tobacco and I couldn't do I couldn't do the things I do and be the person I am. If I, I wouldn't be around. How many ski days did you get this last year? This last season? I'm at 46 and I probably have another eight left. Ooh. Because I'm going to go, yeah, 
Mount Shasta and Mount Lassen, they still have 20, 30 feet of snow. I won't be able to go to Mount Lassen till the middle of June because there's so much snow they haven't plowed the road yet. Wow. And I, there's no chance you're getting 50, day, 50 ski days in a season smoking two packs a day. That doesn't happen, right? No, That's it almost would rather have. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Tim, I want to talk a little bit about some of like the financial advice, some of the stuff that I've, I've read from you, I've heard from you in the One Life community, um, talking about keeping your expenses low, keeping your um, living under, underneath your means. I think that's a, something that seems obvious. You mentioned Robert Kiyosaki, and he's obviously the, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about like what's the... Uh, What's the trick there? How do you do it? Why won't this person, I can't turn this freaking phone off. <laughs> there. That was weird. Okay, so, so I, I'm so sorry about that. So <laughs> to me, it's about the uh, One Life Financial ABCs, okay? We have the One Life Financial Triangle. This is the ABCs. A is how do you increase your income? I'm a I'm a grocery clerk, I get my real estate license, all of a sudden I'm making a lot more. And then I get all these um, you know, different sources, I can buy rentals, I can do notes, a whole new window opens up in this whole new world, okay? So, so A, how do you increase your, um, your offense? B, how do you play ironclad goal line defense? And so, so you're, you don't have wasteful spending. And by the way, I'm not saying be a tight one. I'm not saying don't live a rich, full life, but don't waste money and don't look at my jewelry. You don't need no freaking bling. You don't need the fanciest. No, no, no one cares. I care about your freaking heart, you know? So, so don't buy crap you don't need. Avoid debt, a uh, bad debt. And, and so that's B. And C is learn all you can about investing and don't be a sheep and don't listen to the, you know, the, the masses on how, on investing that don't know what the heck they're doing. You know, there's just a retail advice out there that's, that's for the advisors, not for the individual. So, um, so, so it's all about uh, mastering what's coming in, what's going out what's left to invest. There's tons of books and resources I can, I can share, you know, that, that will help in each of those areas. So. Okay. So just to, in summary, increase your income. That's a good call. I like that. Play ironclad goal line defense on your expenses and then learn about investing, learn how to make that money that you do make and do save go farther. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So someone who's maybe just kind of getting on their feet, getting their first job, you know, like, let's say you're 22, you're just out of college, you've got to finally get up, you're getting a paycheck. What would you, what kind of advice would you give that person who maybe hasn't done any investing before? Where would they start? First thing I want to do is give that person advice. I want them to go back a few years and they're 15, 16. Um, have your choices. Go ahead and go to college, but avoid debt. They're not telling you that sucks. Okay, no one's telling you this, but it's you guys don't start off behind the eight ball. I can't tell you how many people I talk to who are 22 and uh, the Uber driver in Philly who I get in the car 
And he says, Tim, please don't turn me into Uber. I, I know my shock's not good. And I said, well, tell me all about you. And he said, well, I went to college. Um, I have 200 grand in student loans. I want to be a biologist. I work for the city of Philly. I make 60 grand a year. I graduated from Temple in 2003. And I can't get this 200 grand in debt down. Wow. Yeah, and I drive Uber to try to keep the debt equal. You know, yeah, you guys, that's advice number one. That sucks. And really look at what you're signing and and no credit cards and loans and you know so so you know you don't need a lot of what you think you need okay so so and if you notice i keep talking about b that's what got me where i was that's what, that's the piece that most miss and i and we monitored what's coming in what's going out what's left to invest okay? i do think a lot of entrepreneurs do a good job at a they they figure out ways to like do get some marketing out there figure out ways to make more money, get more clients, get better at their sales process, things like that. But in the process, it seems like, like, you know, people's incomes goes up and you're like, Oh my, like 80,000, hundred thousand, 150,000, but their expenses creep up like, like just very equally. So you're spending more time, spending more money. And at the end of the day, you're not really taking any more home. So I do think that the B is very, very overlooked currently, especially by entrepreneurs, especially by people who maybe are listening to this, this podcast. And it's just not, it's also not sexy, right? Making a bunch of money and buying a Lamborghini is sexy, but, but being frugal with your expenses and not accumulating debt is not sexy. It's like, you know what? Eating it doesn't look as good on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. There's a book called The Millionaire Next Door, and it's just all about not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's about not caring about all that. And by the way, when I sold real estate, for a lot of the time, I drove a beat up Subaru and I'd roll up in, in front of a nice home to go and list it. And I saw it, it kind of worked at me funny when I got out and I walked out with the listings because they know I knew what I was doing and I cared. They didn't care about the car. You know? mm. So, and I didn't really dress that fancy. Um, so, so go back. Now let's go back to that 22 year old. Okay. Yeah, and they may be 32, by the way. Let's not put an age on them. It's anybody sure, struggling financially. It's just um, doing two things. Number one, being mindful of where you are and, and do, taking a hard look at, at um, you know, this is the circumstance and this is where I find myself. And then what in the heck am I going to do to change? You know, if you always did what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. And something needs to change. What specific actions are you going to make that's going to make a difference? 25 years old, I got my real estate license. I, I, that, that was my big move. You know, I learned all I could about investing. And um, so, so that's one piece. The second piece is, is go back to the the four things we teach with the One Life uh, Roadmap Journal. What's number one? Vision plan. You need a compelling why to get mm. you every day. Why am I doing this? What's that light at the end? Oh, that's going to... Um, make me eat my broccoli and get up and and do the things I don't want to do every day the hard uh, Dollar productive things that make a difference and for me selling real estate is pasta. You got to talk to customers You know, so so what is it that that you need to do every day? 
that if you just do a little harder, you're going to be successful. Let me give you a good example. Um, Christopher Lockhead says you suck, you don't, you, you either suck, you don't suck, or you're legendary. In the movie Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you got uh, first prize was a Cadillac, second prize was the steak knives, third, third prize, step into my office because you're freaking fired. Well, if you remember, when I was a kid, there was these balsa wood airplanes, and, and you put them together, and they had a rubber band propeller. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so if you ro uh, wound it a little bit, you suck. It's going two feet. You wind it harder, um, you don't suck. It goes across the room. You wind it, wind it, wind it, wind it a few more times, that freaking thing sore. You won the freaking catalog. And that's what life is all about. You suck, you don't suck, or you're legendary. And, and the difference is, is you're willing to, you know, do a bit more, maybe get up a little earlier, maybe, maybe give a bit more of your heart and soul into whatever you put into. But you guys, this shit isn't easy. You gotta, you gotta work it. You gotta show up every single day and, and let um, let those that you're flying in formation know that uh, I'm here and I'm holding up my end. Whatever relationship that is. You know. I like that. I think you guys said a lot of good stuff there. I want to go back to what you're talking about with the Subaru. Is that you're like, number one, you're keeping your expenses low with that. Number two, um, one thing that I like that Dan Cassetta says is actually give a sheesh. And I would prefer to use the more explicit version, but I like when Dan says it. So but if, you, if you actually, if you actually show up and you care and you actually are doing what it takes to get, to get your clients the result that they're looking for, people see that people notice and they, they don't look at your clothes and your car quite as much when they actually know that you're someone who cares about them. Yeah. So I, I also good. love what you talk about with, with Christopher Lockhead and Getting, like, getting to the point where you're actually legendary because so many of us suck, right? Let's we'll just say what it is. A lot of us suck and a lot of us don't suck, but there are very few people who are legendary and are willing to do the things that legendary people do. Like you said, wake up earlier, care more, give more, produce more, whatever that is. Because if you like exactly what you said, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you always got, right? So yeah. what are you going to do today or tomorrow to do more, to become more. And that's, that's one thing I, I really like about the, uh, like the one life, the one life model there. It's just awesome, Tim. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit, um, man, time's flying by. Just, I want to talk real quick about, um, Christopher Lockhead talks about niching down and finding your kind of your, I don't think he says blue ocean, but creating like a a space where you're known as a category designer. So you're the person that's the go-to for blank, you know? Um, and I've noticed this a lot, especially like in what I do is a lot of online coaching for specifically entrepreneurs. But in the online coaching world, if I'm trying to target weight loss clients, there is a lot of voices out there. There are a ton of people doing what I do, you know? Some of them are great, some of them are not great. But you know, like, but either way, it's hard to differentiate yourself when all I'm doing is peddling weight loss, you know? So same thing with a real estate agent. If all you're doing is selling houses, it's very hard to differentiate yourself. How are you able to do, to differentiate yourself as a real estate agent back when you were 25? 
Um, well, my slogan was call Tim Road and start packing. <laughs> While others were offering um, no cost, free up, no market analysis, my, my slogan and my mindset was don't call me unless you really want to move. So, so what that meant, it was, it was a whole mindset. If you tried to over, I was a listing agent. After about um, the first year or two, I did anything and I, I just put so much heart and soul and service and learn in the industry and would do anything at any time. I just had to show you how hard I'd work for you. Then I quickly realized um, if I want to be with my kids every weekend and spend that time doing what I wanted to do, the most efficient way was by listing it, what was by listing homes. So, so, um, so I, so I only listed homes after about two years in the business and call Tim Road and start packing was a, was a whole mindset. If you wanted to overprice your home, I literally gave you my competition's phone number and said, call them. They specialize in overpricing homes and they never tell. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so that was my unique selling proposition was, um, call Tim Road and start packing was the, was the slogan, but the thought process and the mindset when I sat down with you was it was you and me against all the other homes on the MLS. And I'm going to, I'm going to um, come through for you. I'm going to get your home sold. I'm going to get you as much as we can. Um, but, but we're going to get, you need to be in Topeka in 90 days. This is what's going to get you. You know, and I just work with them and I'd say it's you and myself against the rest of the multiple listing. It's my job to get as many qualified buyers to your door as possible. And it's your job to make the home stick out. Um, and together we're going to determine the price to do that, you know, and then, and then I, I, they'd sign the contract and I'd, and then I turned, as soon as they signed the contract, I turned into a drill sergeant, letting them know what I needed for them how they could hold up their end, and here's exactly what I could expect from you. And, and all I did was, at one point, was, was prospect and list. I had a whole team that I just handed them over to that took it from there. And it was a really good system, and we had an amazing, fun team, and we were ninja. <laughs> I've carried that over into GoBundance and One Life and, and you know, other teams, stuff. So. I, I really, uh, that to me is my fulfillment triangle is living within small teams doing ninja stuff that really makes a difference and serves. That's awesome, Tim. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. So if you had maybe one piece of advice for either yourself going to going back, back in time a little bit, or mm -hmm. someone else who wants to be an entrepreneur, wants to be a real estate agent, um, just starting out kind of in their career, or like you said, don't put an age on it. Someone who's at, 32, 37, and looking for a fresh start, what would you tell that person? What's the, what's the, like the one big thing you need to start doing right it's, now? It's a, it's, it's uh we've come full circle because we said we were going to come back to this. Remember how you're saying, I just want to do, I just want to do. Um, nicknames for me back in the day where it's the bull in the China shop, the hurricane, because I was just so much boundless energy. Like, you know, just, 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 wanting to just more and more, I just want to do. And, and if I, the 60 year old Tim 
spent, I'm going to go out right after this and go play 18 holes of disc golf um, and on my spiritual walk. And I'm going to stop at the Buddha hole and meditate and stop at the wisdom tree for a while. And, and I know at, at the 25, 30 year old Tim didn't have the time that the 60 year old Tim has. I totally get that. But I find the time to get quiet more. That's, I would, I would be overdue a lot more. And I just didn't, didn't, um, uh, really get the, you know, get up a little out, get up a little earlier and journal and meditate and do your hollow rod miracle morning. You know? So that's, that's what it would be. I think, I think you said something really, really impactful there. You said you would be overdue a lot more. Yeah. Exactly. That is such interesting advice coming from someone who's had the, like the history you've had and the success doing, right? You've had right. a lot of success doing essentially. Right. And you're still, and you're still saying I would be first. Yeah, I would. Um, and, and what I've learned, Nate, is the 25 year old doer could not lead the movement that the 65-year-old wise, calm leader needs to be. You know what I mean? That, uh, so, so think about that's that. That's good stuff there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Tim, that is powerful. Thank you so much for just coming on and sharing your wisdom with us, talking a little bit about your, your background, your history, things that made you successful. Um, is there anything you want to leave us with? No, I just, I just, uh, if you like what you heard and if you have any questions for me, you can always reach out to me at Tim at Tim road, R H O D E.com. Tim at Tim road.com. Uh, friend me on Facebook, get on the, uh, one life community on Facebook. Number one life, all one word community. Uh, please buy our one life, um, roadmap journal. I think you'll find great tools in there. Available and, on Amazon. Yep. On Amazon. Thank you. And lousy salesman. <laughs> and one life fully lived conference this fall. Nate's one of our presenters and uh, Nate will have a code for you where you can get uh, special prices on that. So yeah, I'll just go real quick. I want to touch on that just for a second. The one life, one life event is October 12th and 13th, 12th and 13th in long beach, California. So if you're already in California, you have no excuse not to come because one thing I love about the one life conference is that you've made the prices for tickets so affordable, you know, which is awesome. I think a lot of conferences are a thousand dollars, kind of just, that's like an industry standard. What is it right now? It's our most expensive ticket is two ninety nine, and Nate can get you hooked up with a special code. And that includes our benefit concert on Friday night, um, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. So fly in Friday, come for the benefit concert. The two ninety nine tickets gets you like lunches with the presenters and, and, and early access seating. So you get front row seating and uh, yeah. So is please it, come and enjoy. Is it true that I, I heard this is true. So this is why I bought the, the two ninety nine the VIP ticket is that if I bought that, that me and, uh, Christopher Lockhead would be able to get matching tattoos. Is that, can you confirm that? I, I heard Lockhead's in. Okay, great. That's perfect for me. That offer extends to everyone who's listening right now as well. <laughs> Tim, thank you so much for, for being on. We really appreciate it, man. Third time's the charm, Nate. <laughs>